Hey everybody, welcome to Bible News Radio. I am Stacy Lynn, and I'm really glad that you're with me today. I wanted to let you know about this interview here that we're doing. We're getting ready to play this for you. Last week, I interviewed author Larry Correa. He is a best-selling novelist of a novelist group called, a novelist called, um, series, series called Monster Hunter. Monster, like Frankenstein, a monster, that like Monster Hunter. Um, he also wrote a famous gun essay called An Opinion on Gun Control. Over a million people saw that. He has written for national publications on gun laws and self-defense. He's worked as a gun store owner, firearms instructor, and military contract accountant. And he lives with his family in Utah. And um, I want you to know that he did an exclusive video interview with me that I posted inside our mobile app, our new mobile app, Heart Tug International. Make sure you go download it. Go down to your, your Google Play Store and your Apple Store and, and download Heart Tug International. And then you'll be able to go in there and you'll be able to see some video behind the scenes exclusives that I have just for our app users. And then we have a lot of other content in there as well. We have a heart tug moment. We have groups that you can participate in and get to know people. If you have a prayer request, you can put that in. There's just a lot there in the app and I want you to become part of our community, okay? All right, so now get ready to hear a great conversation that I had last week with Larry. Um, we hit so many facets of what's going on with the Second Amendment and gun issues. And I think this conversation is going to resonate with you. And I would ask you to share it out with some of your friends in your network. Feel free to tweet it, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, wherever you share. And uh, so now let's get to it. Enjoy the show, everybody. All right, everybody. Hey, you know. <laughs> All right, Larry. So me and Larry are buds. Yeah, we are. Okay. So you have a brand new book. I just want to tell everybody again, it's called In Defense of the Second Amendment. I have to tell you that when I asked my audience if they wanted me to talk about guns on Facebook, because that's usually where they talk to me now. I was expecting like, no, this is snoozeville conversation, but I don't want to talk about this, blah, blah, blah. And what happened was I had a whole bunch of people say, oh, are you kidding? This is a hot topic. And then I thought about it afterwards. And I thought, and one person said, I can't believe that somebody would actually even can write a whole book about the Second Amendment. I mean, like, how could they even do that? And I'm like, okay, whatever. But it occurred to me just now, as I'm thinking about it, that most of the people that wanted to do this, they actually live in states that they carry guns like Texas and Tennessee and, you know, the big states that, you know, if you, you get out of line, somebody could shoot you just for the fun of it. Huh. Or, you know, they won't shoot you for the fun of it, but you know what I mean. Uh, shooting's fun, but shooting people, not so much. <laughs> right, right. Right. So, um, so yeah, tell everybody a little bit about your, your, uh, you know, your your background. I mean, you're a novelist, which I think is cool. I, I just wrote my first book, so I get it. Um, Congratulations. Thanks. So, so when, what did you, um, so Monster Hunter, you have a Monster Hunter series. Tell us about that and then sure. how that led into this, because that's fiction, right? Yeah. So I'm a fiction author. author primarily I do science fiction, fantasy, thrillers. Um, I've written 25 books. Um, yes. 
And uh, some, I'm a New York Times bestseller. They're, they're really popular. I got a bunch of different series, different worlds. And uh, the Monster Hunter one is just like a fun action adventure, uh, hunting monsters for fun and profit. It's very gun nutty. Uh, but how I got into this is um, before I was a writer, I was in the gun business. Actually, the first writing I ever did was nonfiction for gun magazines. Um, but I was a uh, I was in the gun business. I owned a gun store. I was a concealed weapons instructor. I was a machine gun dealer, so what's called an SOT for the gun nuts out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a bunch of stuff. I, I helped with uh, lobbying and um, you know testifying about legislation and that kind of thing. Uh, that's my background. And so off and on for 30 years, I've done gun stuff. And on for fun, all everything I do for fun is gun stuff. I was a com- competition shooter. Uh, now I just do a lot of training stuff for free, uh, for fun. I mean, and uh, so this is my background. And so what happened was one of my fiction editors um, went over to a Regnery, which is a nonfiction publisher. Right. And uh, because of the Bruin Supreme Court decision was coming up, uh, Regnery decided we want to have a book that's like a handy dandy guide to the Second Amendment for regular people. And for people who already like guns, we want something that's going to help them and give them good facts and help them have good arguments. And we also wanted something to convince people that are kind of on the fence. And they said, okay, so we need somebody who really, really knows guns um, and who is a good writer. We need somebody who can actually tell a story to people. And uh, this one editor is like, hey, I, I got the perfect guy because <laughs> I am like the biggest gun nut in, in publishing. Um, and mm-hmm. you know what? I, I was honored. I was honored they asked me to do this. And I had a a lot of fun, had a lot of fun putting this together. Well, Regnery is, is one of my favorite imprints. So whenever I get pitched from Regnery, unless I'm really, unless the topic really isn't something I want to talk about, I will interview the author because their books are great. Um, And that's great. So congratulations. It's nice that you got that. Um, So I got, I have a question. Okay. So um, in, in the, in the notes here, here, I'll do this for noise, sound effects. People, there we go. This is the real thing, actually. Um, actually, though, you you write about arming teachers, right? Yep. So when I when I read about that, the very first thing I thought of was growing up in California. Okay, so I graduated from high school in 1986. I went to La Sierra High School, which is in what people who live in the Riverside County area think they call lousy area. So they used to really call it lousy area high school. When I went there, there was no um, fence around the school. Okay. It was about 10 years later, after probably mid nineties, early two thousands, all of a sudden, literally they had fence or, you know, fence around the whole high school. Plus they, people, kids had to be scanned down for weapons, right? Now you you actually write in your book about arming teachers. And when I saw that, I, I immediately thought about my high school and how literally in 10, 15 years from me graduating, it went, it literally looks like a prison. Yeah, it's because I keep doing a lot of this stuff. Um, and what it is, is we have in our society, we have, I get into this in the book a lot, but we have, we have mass killings. Right. And uh, th- this is something that happens uh, like I said, I, I'll go into this more later if you want. But um, specifically for schools, the problem with schools is that the bad guys are looking for gun-free zones. They overwhelmingly, when they when they go on these killing sprees, they attack gun-free zones. And a school is the kind of gun-free zone that they know they can go and they can attack, and no one's going to be able to fight back until the cops get there. 
or if there's uh, one school cop, you know, just they go when he's not there or they go to the other side where he's not there, whatever. They specifically target schools and the media rewards them for it. Uh, our news medium gives them what they want. They make these guys famous and they're complicit. Now, when I talk about arming teachers, um, I don't I got to specify right out the gate that I don't mean mandatory. I'm not I'm not saying, hey, you want to be a teacher? Here's your gun. No, no, no. It's not for everybody. Carrying a gun is a deeply personal thing. Uh, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. it. But, you know, let other people who want to do it, let them do it. But I guarantee in every single school in America, there is somebody who will be a volunteer. Uh, this is usually somebody who already has uh, a concealed weapons permit anyway, or they already carry a gun everywhere else they go. Just let them carry a gun at work. Um, these guys aren't security guards. They're not cops. Uh, you don't expect them to arrest anybody. They're not doing anything like that. They're just regular people at work allowed to have a gun. So when a bad thing happens and say a guy does attack the school, um, these guys can fight back. The teachers can fight back. It doesn't have to be a teacher. It could be a principal. It could be a janitor. It could be a bus driver. It could be a lunch lady. It doesn't matter because we've seen it. I go into this in the book a lot, but I look at all these mass killings around the world. What stops a mass killer is a violent response, period. They will, they will do their bad thing until there's a violent response. That violent response can either be immediate by somebody who's there. Or it can be when the cops show up in five, 10, 15 minutes, an hour and a half. And what happens is just, it's just simple, it's simple time. The longer the bad guy has to work before somebody interrupts him, the more people are going to get hurt. Um, so when you have a shooting where uh, a concealed weapons holder or just a bystander, somebody has a gun, intervenes, uh, in situations like that, only one or two people usually get shot before the bad guy gets interrupted or shot. And then in situations where you wait for the cops to come, the average is 12. So it's just speed bumps. We're just installing speed bumps. We'll let these people defend themselves. It's, it's kind of a no-brainer. And the kicker is the reason I know about this personally is Utah, um, where I taught concealed carry. We've had uh, concealed carry in schools for almost 20 years now. Um, and all the horrible stuff that they keep predicting was going to happen hasn't happened. It's just regular people. The gun is hidden on their person. Uh, the kids don't even know they're armed. Uh, it's just it's hidden under their clothing until there's a horrible emergency. And uh, it works fine. And I, I taught a lot of teachers for free the years I was doing this. Um, one, one personal story. One time I had a principal and a couple teachers and a janitor slash bus driver uh, came to my class and uh, they wanted to get trained up. And the reason being is a couple weeks before they had an incident at school where a kid had gotten violent. And he was armed. And the cop that was supposed to be at the school wasn't there. He was just AWOL. He was just missing. So the teachers had to handle it. They were unarmed. Luckily, nothing happened. No one got hurt. But the principal, it scared him. It woke him up. And the principal was like, oh, my gosh, I'm, we're it, guys. We're, we're on our own. So he went out to his, his uh, employees and his teachers, and he was like, okay, who here has their stuff together? Who here wants to be armed in case of emergency and he gathered up a couple teachers and uh, in fact the janitor was a iraq war vet he's a young guy he was a recently returned war vet i mean the dude had a lot of experience and he had a lot of training uh why wouldn't i want this guy armed in my kid's school yeah. and so yeah I, I'm, a, I'm a huge proponent of guns in school you know what i i think it's sad but I get it. You know what I mean? I, I get it, but it's, I mean, it's sad, but I get it. And, and you know where else I think you should have guns? Churches. Yeah, absolutely. And that's I, another one. 
I yeah. uh, actually talk about that in the book too. Specifically, I, I use a couple incidents from Texas oh, nice. that, that happened. Because churches are another one of those too, where if you've got a bad guy who's, um, he's he wants to cause as much carnage as possible and he wants to get on the news and become famous and powerful. Churches, especially if they got some sort of ax to grind against religion, yeah. uh, the church is a target. And we have churches that ban guns. And it's like, you know, it's not your regular parishioners that are causing the problem here. No one's going to care about your rule. If the guy is coming to kill you, he doesn't care that you have a sign saying no guns allowed. That's meaningless to him. Yeah. And I, I will just, yeah, I will just tell you, I live in Tennessee. I never worried about this in California, but living in Tennessee, I actually want to, I didn't know it at the time, but I know it now there's. I always sat behind a police officer who has a gun on him. And I actually talked to my pastor about it. And I was like, hey, you know, do, do people here carry guns? And he's like, yeah, we got about four or five people here every Sunday that have a gun, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yay, okay. It's it's honestly, concealed carry is just, in the book I refer to as defense in depth. You know, mm -hmm. that's and, and like, it's a military term, but to change it for our civilian world, what that basically means is, you don't just have protection at the front, you know, right. you don't just have all your all your army at the front because then the bad guys just go around. They just flank around and they hit you where you're weak. And so in the military, you know, the guys that are behind the lines, they're armed too. And they have the ability to fight too, because that way you don't have these soft spots that get taken advantage of. In civilian context, if you have a place that's like no guns allowed, then that's where the bad guy is going to go because he just knows he's got more time. But churches, yeah, churches definitely. So when I use the two, the, I use two cases from Texas. One of them is one of the worst massacres in American history, where a guy went into a church and just shot a whole bunch of people, and then he left. And he was actually the guy. He got stopped by one of the neighbors who heard the gunfire, grabbed his rifle, and fought the guy. And they actually wound up in a car chase. Wow. Um, famous case. And then there was, and, that, and so it was an armed citizen that stopped him. And then there was another case where a bad guy walked into a church, started shooting, and pretty much immediately, uh, a guy who was there armed stood up, drew his gun, and shot the bad guy. And so you went from one case where it's 20 something people shot, where no one could fight back, until once again, there was a violent response by the neighbor, to another case where somebody fought back immediately, where there was only a couple people shot. And it's just, it's just insurance. It's just like having a fire extinguisher or wearing seatbelts in your car. Yeah. And you know, what really drives me crazy is that the stupid media, they'll go ahead and they'll give that, that hero, the, the real hero, they'll give the real hero like five minutes of airtime. And then they give the killers gazillions and they make them out to these uh, yeah. things. So you, uh, you call the media vultures. I do, yeah. I, I, why you do it? Because it's like... <laughs> well, I, it's because that was the nicest word I could get away with calling them in the book without the lawyers getting mad at me. Um, okay, so you. the reason I call them vultures is they're perched. They're perched, they're waiting for the minute there's like a horrible thing and then they swoop in. Uh, they swoop into the carnage and they take advantage of it. And it's, it's gross to watch. And I've talked about this pattern and it's, it's something I've been watching for 30 years. Whenever there's some bad thing gets on the news, immediately, and when I say vultures, I don't mean all people who are against guns, because most of those people don't know any better. They're right. the people getting manipulated by the vultures. But the vultures, they'll lie, cheat, and steal. They don't care about the truth. So as soon as a bad thing happens, they're out there on the news, they're out there on social media, and they got their narrative, and they're like, 
well, clearly this shows that uh, whatever group of the day they're mad at, oh, it's a MAGA Republican probably motivated by racism and he's armed with an AR-15. And then, you know, as the facts come out, it's it's not any of those things. He used some other gun. He was like a crazy guy, had nothing to do with Trump. <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't matter. They, they, get, they get that out there as fast as they can. They lie. And then if the case is something that doesn't help their narrative, it falls out of the news. Like you'll see this like 24 hour news cycle. It'll be on the news and then it disappears if it doesn't help. If it does help what they're trying to sell at the time, then it'll steep into the news for weeks and weeks and weeks flogging it. Uh, I use a bunch of examples, but, you know, just this last week, uh, while I've been on all these radio shows, talk about the book. Uh, yeah. We had shootings in California that immediately they come out and they start saying, well, is this and this and this? Adam Schiff, uh, Congressman Adam Schiff came out and he's like, uh, this was probably motivated by anti-Asian bigotry. And this is why we need to ban assault rifles. And then it comes out later. There was a, you know, elderly Asian man uh, <laughs> yeah, using a gun uh, that was that was illegal in California when he bought it in the 90s. And so he's had this illegal gun for 30 something years and uh, it's been illegal. It's banned in California already. So all the, but that doesn't stop Adam Schiff. And it's not like these guys ever apologize. It's not yeah. like, oh, well, I got that wrong. No, they just plow ahead. And they and it's sad because I've actually seen it in their eyes where they get upset. They're, they're, they're sad when enough people don't die. They want more people to die. They want to dance in the carnage. I got a great example um, from last year. There was a shooting at a mall in Indiana. Um, bad, pretty famous case. Bad guy came into the mall, opens fire, starts shooting people. And within 15 seconds, this, this young guy, he's like 22 years old, I think. He, he, he's there, legally armed, has a concealed weapon, draws his gun from 43 yards away, engages the bad guy, shoots him, approaches, shoots him some more, kills the bad guy. 15 seconds. There's no police response time in America that's 15 seconds, right? Cops actually showed up at the mall like five minutes later. And this guy still shot a few people. He still, he still unfortunately killed some people in those opening few seconds. But how much worse would it have been if this kid hadn't been there to shoot him? But immediately in the news and on Twitter, I remember seeing like Shannon Watts from Moms Demand Action and all her little weirdo sycophants are out there and they're like, well, this kid brought a gun to the mall too. So really, isn't he just as bad? I mean, they actually said that. And I actually quote them in the book. And <sighs> it's like, uh, no, clearly they're not the same thing. One of these is a law-abiding citizen who was defending his community. And it's his, 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 he was there with his girlfriend. He was defending his loved ones. Uh, and the other guy was a psycho killer. See, but to, the, that, to the Yeah. and But that's what drives me nuts, right? Is what you said, the law abiding versus the non law abiding, these these insane people in the media. And, you know, I'm kind of in media, but I mean, I'm honest. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I look at the facts and it's it just doesn't make sense. You may you. It was probably about. I don't know, 1997, 98 or somewhere around there when I was living in California and there was a shooting at LL Airlines in LAX. The news, this is back when I actually watched it, the news instantly reported that there were two shooters. Okay. 
And then within minutes, even though I I actually had contact with Janet Parshall at the time she was broadcasting from Washington, D.C. And anyway, she was talking to people from Israel about it. But the media originally called out two shooters and then they backtracked and there was only one shooter there at the thing because that didn't fit their narrative. Because why? LL Airlines is one of the most secure airlines in the world. Right. I mean, you can't go to Israel and get on their airline without being patted down, interrogated and all that other stuff. Unlike, you know, some of like our airlines and stuff. So did you write, do you write about airlines or anything? Um, no, I don't get into that. I, the only time I will actually, I get in that a little bit is I'm talking about uh, when I talk about these killers, uh, how there's this, this weird idea that if you take the guns away, then they, they can't kill anymore. Right. But I use the examples of no, I mean, they'll use literally anything. And in fact, I talk about how they have used airlines. And that's obviously we all know about that. Yeah. But also cars. Um, some of the worst, worst mass killings in history have not been with guns. They've been with cars. Uh, in uh, France, uh, uh, a maniac, uh, it was a jihadist crazy guy, drove a truck uh, just through the city streets, uh, through through down sidewalks. We had recently in Waukesha, Waukesha um, there was the, the crazy guy uh, drove his Ford Explorer through that parade. Um, oh, yeah. Or, yeah, it's. So evil. we should ban all cars, Larry. I mean, that's the same logic because you think of the anti-gun people when there's a shooting. What do the anti-gun people say? Say ban the guns. Right. Take them away from the millions of law-abiding citizens that have them and haven't done anything wrong. Oh, and then let's sue the manufacturer, too. That'd be like suing Ford. Um, right. So this guy drove a Ford Explorer through a parade. Let's sue Ford. I mean, but we wouldn't do that because that does that's insane. It doesn't make a lick of sense. Ford didn't do anything wrong. Ford right. built a, a product that millions of regular people use every day legally yeah. and lawfully. It's the same thing with guns. But that that's not the logic that they go by. They just they hate us and they hate the culture and they hate what the Second Amendment means. I get into that in the book too, like the real, I mean, what it's really for, but they hate all that stuff. And so they're going to do everything in their power to stomp on it um, just because they really don't like us. So what, what then in your book, do you talk about the game plan that you can give to somebody like me? Let's say I don't own a gun and I'm like, yeah, I want to get a gun to protect America. Because yeah. honestly, I mean, I've had a couple of thoughts go through my mind. Um, first of all, COVID, when COVID hit, which I think is a big con, by the way, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> But we're all wearing dang masks, right? I mean, this is a gun killer's dream, don't you think? That literally, everybody's going into banks with stinking masks on. And, and I, I will blew my you, mind. I, I will. I will tell you. Okay, I live here in Tennessee. I'm from California. I'm really was born in New York, but I grew up in California. So I've been paranoid my whole life because of being in California. Move here to the little hick town in Tennessee. I go into the bank I, I bank at and literally, this is a, so true. I go into my bank. They're remodeling the bank, right? You know what they did? You're just going to drive you crazy. They remodeled the bank to like when you go in all <laughs> All of the tellers are completely wide open. There's no glass. There's nothing. You know, some, I mean, if you want to rob a bank in Tennessee, come to where I live because it's so stinking easy because there's no, there's nothing. Well, except for the part that all the customers will shoot you. Yeah, yeah I guess. But I just, 
I'm just like, God, there's like no semblance of that. So, so what do you think though, of all the, the masks and stuff? And then, Oh you know, man, I, I was not a fan. I, that was a, such a goofy couple years there. And I, I hated that. Luckily for me, I live in the middle of nowhere. I live in the country. Okay. Um, and we, we basically where I live, got over it so fast. Like everyone just stopped caring. And then I would go to town. I would forget that the rest of the world was still crazy. And I would go to the city and everyone would be nuts. And I'd be like, well, I forgot, like, or, or what drove it for? Like, so my, like I said, at home, people had just forgotten. There might be like one guy at the grocery store wearing a mask, but like 90%. I mean, for the first couple months, everybody was freaked out because no one knew it was true because the news lied to us all. And right. we all thought we were going to die of, you know, lung rot, death plague. Um, but it, yeah, where I live is pretty sane though. And so it got over really quick, but then I'd go to the airport and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, the rest of the world's still all messed up. <laughs> yeah. so, it got God, so- I, live the, I live in the sticks. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it got so bad here, literally in Publix. They literally put, it's a grocery store, they put arrows. You could literally put arrows going one yeah. way up and down. And I remember me and my husband, because I'm, I don't comply with anything. We were walking and I was like, oh. I'm going the wrong way. Oh, well. And I just keep walking, you know? And then this lady, she walks up. She's like, you're going the wrong way. And I'm like, and the world is going to end, right? (laughs) I mean. Viruses travel on a north-south axis. Everyone knows that. No, we actually, you'd like my wife because we went to, we went grocery shopping during this and I wasn't paying any attention. I didn't care. I just like, didn't, I just, I didn't pay attention to it. It was like, whatever. So we're walking up and down the aisles. And then I realized after we're back on four or five aisles that we've gone the wrong way down every single one. And I look at my wife and I go, I don't know where we're going. And I go, are you doing that on purpose? And she's like, oh yeah. <laughs> every single aisle on purpose, she would go just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oppositionally defiant. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> And this being, it's called having a brain and being able to think for yourself, right? I mean, ultimately what it comes down to, it reminds me of, I I remember a very old episode of All in the Family. Carol O'Connor played Archie Bunker. I'll never forget it. There's this classic clip where he was in an airplane and he was armed and he was, he was calling for all pilots to be armed. And of course, Meathead was completely against it. He's still meathead. <laughs> oh, Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. Yeah, he's still an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I never forget that clip. I, I remember telling my husband, man, why are people mad at Archie Bunker? But now I know because they were making fun of conservatives back then and, you know, and all that and trying to mock everybody who had a brain, you know, so it's just so irritating. But anyway. No. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's funny because it's changed over time when we were kids and stuff like that, like, so having the idea of having somebody armed in public was like, you know, kind of weird when we were kids. So we got yeah. away from that. And so now we've actually made crazy progress on this. So we got 25 States now. So half the States will let you carry a gun with what's called constitutional carry, where you don't have to jump through any hoops. You don't have to like satisfy any state bureaucrat or pay extra money uh, you can just, you're an American law-abiding citizen. You want to carry your gun, carry your gun. And I think that's awesome. There's millions of us doing it now. So if I wanted to do that, then all I would, how would I do it? I just go to a, a regular gun place and 
buy a gun and I don't have to get, do do you, what about background checks? Do you need that? Yeah. And all that? Okay. So a couple couple things here. That's also for carrying. And also, I don't know Tennessee law. So for you personally, you're going to have to, you're gonna have to check. Yeah. But honestly, go to your local gun store, go to your local gun range, ask them, they'll know. Um, now to buy a gun, uh, and I go through this process in the book, to buy a gun, you have to actually go through a background check. So you buy a gun from a store. Um, you need to fill out what's called a 4473. It's a federal form. It's It's dumb government paperwork, but it's it only takes a few minutes and then they call in a background check and that's uh, to see if you're basically not uh, a convicted felon or you have any warrants out for your arrest or you've got any re- re- domestic violence restraining orders. That comes back um, pretty fast, depending on your state. And mm-hmm. they say, OK, cool, you are good to go. You are now legally able to take possession of this gun. You pay for the gun and that's your gun. Um, so I do go in the book of like getting new people like started out. So I, I kind of put it into three sections, get armed, get trained, uh, and get involved. Well, actually get trained should come first, but I know realistically most people don't do that because Americans, we get, a, we get a wild hair and then we go do something, you know? Right. Yeah. So we, we get a lot of people. I, I used to see this all the time. I used to sell guns, you know, um, mm-hmm. people come into the store, they had no idea what they were doing and they would just buy a gun. Now that that's, that I don't recommend because what happens is you, you don't know what you're doing with it. And it's, uh, this is a dangerous thing. You need to be responsible. So, I am a big fan of training. I'm against mandatory training. Like I, I don't think the state should ever mandate that you have to do uh, training, but uh, voluntary training is awesome. So I walk you through in the book, like, like different resources of where you can find, you know, uh, information, get educated, uh, classes that you can take. Uh, even if you live in a state that has uh, constitutional carry, I still recommend going and taking the conceal your state's concealed weapons class because yeah. it'll be a great primer. It'll be a great basic primer of how this stuff works, how the laws work. Uh, I have a section of the book on about use of force laws, because a lot of people, there's a lot of myths and dumb information out there about when you can actually use a gun to shoot somebody in self-defense. Um, so I do have a chapter about how that works and how it works in most states. So yeah, there's a lot of tools out there for people to get started. And do you um, recommend? Do you recommend guns to like, for me, would you recommend like a Glock? I have like little hand, I got very little hands. Honestly, honestly, it would depend. I'd have to see. Cause like, uh, like coaching people, it's hard to coach people across the internet, you know, <laughs> but the main thing, yeah, uh, honestly it is, uh, and I, I talk about this in the book a little bit too, is decide what the mission is. Like what, what uh, you're buying your first gun. What do you want to do with it? So if you have something you want to get for concealed carry, then by all means, you're going to buy a handgun, obviously. Right. Um, and yeah, Glock is a fine brand. Um, I always tell people like stick with the name brand with a good warranty because it's like uh, it's like saying what's the best car, you know. And then you got people who are Ford, Chevy, Honda, Toyota, and they all got their pros and cons. They all cost different amounts. Um, so if you got a gun nut friend to go to the store with, that's great. Um, I actually do. And I was gonna say, she actually goes down to river. She likes to go out kayaking on her own. Um, but she always brings her gun with her because oh, yeah. she said, you know, there, there are times when sometimes there'll be somebody coming out and, you know, she'll just pull her gun and say, I'll shoot you. <laughs> or that's probably not what she would say. She actually used F-bombs once in a while, and, uh-huh. but she's a badass. So I'm like, yeah, you know, you can go for it. Um, and in here in Tennessee, because if you get broke down here in Tennessee, it's not like California where there's off ramp every quarter of a mile. 
here it's miles and miles. And if you're waiting for AAA or whoever the heck to help you, you, you know, I mean, oh, it's yeah. the arm. I, I used to, I used to live in Alabama, so I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot of forest out there. No, there, you know, I go through that. It's like, when can you produce the gun? When can you actually pull the gun out? Like legally speaking, how does that work? And, you know, honestly, if you have a friend that um, is into guns and they have stuff for you to shoot, the best thing you can do is go with them to the range and get that experience and, uh, um, you know, go out and learn with someone who knows what they're doing. Uh, be careful because there's a lot of people who think they know what they're doing. They don't know. What, you know. There's a lot of experts out there who, you know, drip under pressure. But yeah. If, yeah. if you can go out and try some different stuff, then by all means, in fact, that's the last thing I talk about in the book is what we can do once we are experienced. And uh, on, the biggest thing is honestly is community outreach. I hate to call it that. That sounds so silly, but it's, no. yeah, it's going out and it's, it's getting people and young people, especially kids, take, take these kids shooting and you know, go out there. I, I have, I have a range at my house. I have my own personal range and I don't know how many times I have been volunteered for church youth activities <laughs> that have been shooting. And yeah. in fact, that was, that was the very first thing when I moved here was I built a range before I built my house and they're like, Oh yeah, this, this, okay. This guy is cool. Like I said, I live in the country, you know? Yeah. And um, so, so if you can take people out and you can get them trained up, then it, it it's selfish too. I, I I'm honest. It's, it's selfish for us because every person that we get trained up and they understand like why, why we have guns, why we have self-defense, why we have the second amendment. That is one more person that's not going to vote for dumb anti-gun nonsense. You know, that's one more person that's going to be on my side of the debate. So, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm all about spreading the word and getting people to the range and getting them trained up and taking them to the gun store, helping them, you know, walking them through the process, showing them how to get enrolled in a concealed weapons class, directing them towards teachers, uh, getting them to take a pistol class where you can actually learn to shoot better. Because, you know, concealed weapons class is a good basic primer, but if you want to learn to shoot good. Um, you're going to want to go take an actual class with somebody who can coach you and watch you. Um, yeah. And so I, I go into that in the book and I don't know, I, I think that's the biggest thing we can do is just try to help people. Do you also, and and this is just a, a question, by the way, everybody, in case you've got Larry Korea is my guest and his book is in defense of the second amendment people. You remember that thing we got the constitution, the bill of rights, you know, anyway, we have a second amendment. We should defend it. As you all know, I do. Um, but do you, do you offer, um, things like gun owner supplements too? Like I sell legal shields and we have a gun supplement. Are you familiar with that? I am. I actually, uh, no, that's not something I, I've messed with myself. Cause like I said, I, I, I have that in my own background. And then I actually just, I just know attorneys, uh, that my wife actually knows if I shoot anyone to call this guy. <laughs> okay. So I don't actually, but I, I, I do know a lot of people use that. Uh, there's a couple different ones out there. Um, uh, the law shield of the United States Concealed Carry Association. I've seen all these different. I don't know much about them. I don't. I don't have one that I recommend or anything because I. I don't have enough personal experience with any of them. But I know a lot of people are. They they do sure. use those services. Well, yeah, and that's important. I just want to bring that up, not because I'm trying to sell it to anybody, but because you know, if let's say something comes in and you kill somebody in self defense, you're going to need an attorney. I mean, that's the bottom line. Absolutely. There's a lot of there's a lot of misconceptions about self-defense. And I see a lot of dumb stuff on the Internet where people are like, well, you know, I live in a, I live in Tennessee or I live in Utah or one of the states that are good on guns, Texas. And I could just shoot whoever messes with me. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 you can't. There's a lot more to this than that, man. 
And um, anything you do is going to be reviewed by a jury, or it's going to be at least like, you know, they're, uh, they're going to see if the, the cops are going to investigate, they're going to see if they want to prosecute you. I mean, I walk through this whole process in the book. I, I don't like when people get flippant about something so serious, you know, this yeah. is, this is the kind of thing that you got to go into it being a knowledgeable, responsible adult. Um, and I get into the morality of it a little bit too, because you don't want to just be shooting people, oh, no. <laughs> you know? No, and I, no, I agree. I agree with you a hundred million percent, you know, totally. Yeah, and it, but I know there's a lot of flipping because, you know, it's, it's social media. People say dumb stuff all the time. That's what it's for. But, you know, there's a lot of uh, good information out there. We can get people going in the right direction. And if, if I can help on that, then I'm, I am happy to help. I hope this, I hope this helps some people get on, get off on the right foot and get on, started in the right direction. Yeah. Well, you know what, you're getting me on the right direction. So that's awesome. And, um, and I really do want to say thank you for your extra time and, and everything. So tell people again, I, you know, I'm sure they can get the book on Amazon, but just tell them your info again. So just in sure. case. Well, yeah. So like I said, my name is Larry Korea. The book is called In Defense of the Second Amendment. It's regular republishing. It's available everywhere books are sold. So, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your local independent bookstores, a lot of gun stores are actually carrying this, which is pretty awesome. Nice. Um, and also, if you're into audiobooks, you can get it on audible.com. It's uh, from Blackstone uh, Audio. Uh, so you can actually listen to it, uh, narrated by John McClain. Uh, okay. I have not listened to it yet. I have not listened to my own audiobook yet because I've been on the radio all week. I haven't had time to listen to my own book. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, in case people don't know, Ted Nugent actually endorsed your book, too. And I got uh, some good blurbs. I got some really cool people uh, have, have blurbed this book. And it, it, just you know, it, it came out Tuesday. It's doing super well. Uh, it's uh, it's doing extremely extremely good, and it's selling great. So I'm really really happy, and I'm 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 just hoping that you guys like it. Yeah. Well, congrats. <laughs> Thanks. Bible News Radio supports you. Just so you know. <laughs> cool. <laughs>